Hello and welcome. I don't know about you, but I love to talk and talk I must with everybody, anybody, anywhere. Have you really stopped to talk? And I mean really talk with your family and friends. Do you know what their dreams are? Do you know what they are up to these days? Well, I'm chatting with my friends and people from all walks of life to discover what makes them tick. Join me as I uncover some truths and some stories. I'm Hira and you're listening to Crossleg with Hira Mehta. Hi Dipesh. Hi. I'm really can sorry. You, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Uh tell me about your childhood and what were your dreams growing up? Uh I was uh, born and brought up in this uh, locality in Bilipade West uh, called Idla. Okay. Idla Gautam and it is it is by far one of the best localities in terms of the real bombay that you can talk about with a lot of uh, christian families maharashtrian families gujarati families coexisting and uh, it's beautiful like you know i have uh, at early age uh, there was participation in a lot of festivals ganpati christmas i don't know if a lot of people know now but uh, uh, mumbai had this thing called as the old man culture when uh, during christmas time a lot of okay. uh, gautan children used to make a fake uh, i won't say santa claus but like an old man and we used to go about asking money from people <laughs> really yeah and um, yeah so basically the culture i mean it was just uh, i would say it's even any tradition but it just happened like everybody was doing this where you make a fake uh, dummy old man with a, with with like cottons and cloth stuffed in uh, with a cap and you call him buddha man and uh, you go asking people money saying that hey this guy needs money you know uh, so please help he's poor he's uh, he's not uh, very well to do so please help him and we used to collect like some 800 rupees for 5 days every day you used to like hound and bother these local people every and you ask the money and basically you collect that money and you go and party on 31st night <laughs> <laughs> but was this only near near your house or you used to go out on the streets to other places also yeah, even streets even streets and i used to get so scared because my father used to hate that thing and he's like okay. if i see you venturing out with this old man thing i'm going to be I'm not going to be very nice to you. So, <laughs> so yeah, he was. That's uh, your fondest memory. Huh? That's your fondest memory of your childhood, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, it was so funny and uh, hilarious that even if I sit and think about it, uh, how did you even do that? <laughs> so that was there, and yeah, I mean, there were a lot of uh, games as per uh, different weather we used to play. So summers were filled with with marbles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, summers were filled with marbles, and you know, not, you know, I mean, there was so much. There's so much there, and winters were with a lot of uh, games on the road, and I mean, it was absolutely because your houses were not really big enough to play. So you used to go about playing on the street, and used to play cricket till like 10 10 p.m. in the night. me and my brother and a lot of other friends so it's funny how 
and we used to play this game called uh, amutia and uh, amutia uh-huh. was like hide and seek but we used to like hide anywhere and uh, so we used to climb trees and we used to climb uh, we used to like hide inside the car and i mean i mean it's funny like, really, really. i mean I, but i'm saying it i'm thinking about it that i this is the kind of thing that we all did and i mean it's fun and the best thing is there's so much of learning like a child actually yeah. grows really street smart when he plays these games and obviously people are not fair obviously people are not nice to you at the time because you've been troubling people by opening up their car without their permission and hiding inside oh, and free in the night so things like that so you used to manage and understand and then realize that yes probably this was not right so So yeah but I think that was the best part of childhood come on Deepesh this was this was real fun because I mean yeah. even yeah, yeah even I have flown kites I mean I have gone on to my terrace in the time of my SSC exam my sister used to study and I used to go up to the terrace to fly kites with my neighbor so yes that is the fun of childhood that's right so so childhood was full of fun you know I mean there was not a single time that uh, that uh, we didn't uh, enjoy our day like i mean the only reason why i was uh, going to the school is because the joy of coming back from school <laughs> so yeah i used to go to school only because i'm like ha matlab ghar jane milega you know that joy of coming back from school was so much that uh, let's go to the school <laughs> yeah i was not a brilliant student at school but yeah but but i mean you you learn a lot on the street like i really feel like there is a huge amount of learning for a child on the street yes you understand people better because that's what you're going to learn right like in your life what you're going to yeah. learn is how to manage people how to deal with people how to right. work around people different kind of people so that was true, really important true. you know that thing is really very very important to understand and learn the politics behind keeping people happy yeah 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 true true depesh because uh, yeah it depends actually you know if you've grown up among uh, uh, all kinds of people all kinds of cultures and all kinds of festivals then you really uh, it it really helps you i know because even i grew up in an area where festivals were a big thing i mean i'm a parsi but for us everything around was uh, i was in grand road and in khetwadi so i had the best of childhood i can also say i know that you come from a very humble background i know that and you have an extremely strong mother rekha who's probably um, somebody i really admire also and she's an inspiration and perhaps she's the force behind what you do today so how did your journey of putting others before self begin so honestly i i don't know what is the definite definite answer to that sometimes i feel you're gliding you know and you then basically connect the dots so my mother had started her own business at a very early age when i was really young of uh, working in catering and she used to get up at like 4 o'clock in the morning during the peak season of wedding and she used to cook meals for me and my brother and my father and uh, of course my father was helping her going to different places managing and all of that but uh, she used to dress us up and used to go to school come back and then we know that everything is ready for us to eat and i mean and while she's busy out there <laughs> and dealing with so many people because uh, life outside is not easy when you're dealing with uh, so many people so right. right yes so part of the job was also to supply uh, ladies uh, 
girls who used to serve during food, uh, during weddings and uh, parties and stuff like that, where uh, it's, it's waitresses, you know. So she used to go to like mm-hmm. different slums and uh, different uh, places around my locality and convince people to send their daughter, their wife, to whoever work. can to work with them. Um, okay. Because it was a good money also at the time, like some 200 rupees per day people used to get. And I'm talking about like some 1990s, you know. So, okay. So, so yeah, so people, yeah, I mean, it was hard, but uh, so, yeah. So that was that was the thing, you know, and that 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 thing was so strong in my head, like to see your mother doing so much work, and of course my dad was uh, working and was trying his best, but then sometimes things may not go well with businesses, and we lost like a lot of money in '92 uh, in in the share market and stuff. Because my father probably didn't that, but he was dealing with people. So then, yeah, I mean, the point is okay. that uh, I've seen my mom doing a lot of hard work. And uh, that time, I, I was quite amazed that like, she knew like some 250 phone numbers by heart, like, because uh, no mobile phone was there then. And then you know, right. uh, five digit, six digit local landline numbers, you know. So, so I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite, uh, uh, quite a thing to see your mom working so hard. And, and then... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So she was, she was quite a star to me, actually. And then, what, how, what did, how did you uh, start your journey? I mean, like, what did you do? Did you? Uh, I, I know that you sort of left your education at a very. Um, at some point, you left uh, studying and you started working to support the family and so on. So tell me about how that happened and how you moved on in, into what uh, you are today. In your, I'm talking only about your career. That's right. So oh, I had, yeah, I started working uh, at a very early age as a as an office assistant in one computer hardware manufacturing small unit. <laughs> it's funny how this gentleman told me that uh, I am doing a favor on you by keeping you at my office. So ideally, you should pay me. So I'm not gonna be paying you a single rupee for one and a half year. <laughs> so I didn't get paid. I remember you telling me this. <laughs> I remember you telling me this, and it just stayed with me, and that you did it. You did yeah, do that. For one and a half year, I was like grooming, mopping, cleaning, filling the waters, dropping computers at one place to another. And I mean, it was a journey, like, you know, for me, I'm, there's nothing wrong in that, but I just feel that no, nothing, uh, nothing. Like, there are people uh, who this is how you have to learn. So I learned True. computers repairing and a lot of things about computer there. Um, so, and then one after one and a half years, he paid me a salary of 750 rupees via check. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my first hard-earned money. But interestingly, as a child, I was quite adventurous that way. So we, I, I want to share this one story that happened that we were... Sure. Yeah. So, go ahead, yeah. So, tell the story. So, me and... I was like quite an entrepreneur at that time. So there was this one time my friend, uh, his name was Royal, and he's like, Dipesh, let's do business. And I'm like, what will we do? So, and I'm talking about when I was like 10 year old. So he's like, okay. let's huh? sell crackers, you know? One second. You said what, 10 years? Yeah, like around 10, 11 maximum. <laughs> Not wow. older than that. So I'm like, yes, let's wow. sell crackers, man. So he's like, I will go. There's this place called Masjid Bandar. 
apparently everything <laughs> comes there and i had heard for the first time was it with them and uh, everything <laughs> comes there so there's a lot it's it's quite cheap and uh, we can do anything like we can do crackers we can sell notebooks we can we can uh, we can just do anything that you want so i'm like fine so he went and he bought a list of uh, crackers and like and like a menu like and i added like 2 rupees 5 rupees on every cracker to to add my profit margin and uh, and uh, we we i went to different chawls and different slums and other places hey we are doing this would you like to buy and they, they started all laughing for some reason because they were like you know this is little guy who's come with a list of crackers buying taking note of our orders and whether he's going to bring it we don't know so i'm like uh we did that and uh, for two times like first time we bought those crackers somebody invested like some 500 rupees into our business <laughs> so that turned out to be 1000 rupees so we got super excited like you know just in two days you're earning 500 rupees and 50 rupees he's going to keep it 250 rupees i'm going to keep it and this is amazing let's invest this 250 and make it another uh 1000 rupees of that so 500 rupees basically so we went there and that with that uh, diwali it rained in bombay and it rained so heavy <laughs> we spent money oh, on crackers and he, all the crackers got wet <laughs> and he got caught by the the ticket checker because you can't take oh, crackers in the train you know it's not legal oh, oh. so he had to bribe him and come back so he's like you know i paid like 100 rupees bribe to this guy i don't know crackers are not good so anyways after all that thing i earned like 50 50 rupees so that was still not a loss not a loss not so loss we used to deal with notebooks so we used to give notebooks different kind of notebooks to people so yeah i mean yeah it was it was quite a learning this place was quite a place like kerala yeah yeah and uh, and then after from after there you joined an advertising agency also right from after this computer job of yours Yeah no I I joined I was selling world space radio I was selling world space okay. radio as a sales promoting boy in two different door to door actually and uh, because uh, uh, we needed money right to survive so we had to do that and uh, yeah that 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 was quite the thing like right? so I was promoting world space radio at DJ sales in Dadar they gave me and after they thought like i'm really good at selling this so you should go to uh, sales every every brand has like a place in in a store so okay i was been assigned to be part of the vijay sales world space section and uh, so i used to go to dadar every day and <laughs> come back uh, then i joined a call center actually i used to work for dell computers preparing computers on the phone for our american customers so that was interesting i had no clue how to speak on the phone to a fira <laughs> for the first time <laughs> i'm like i'm talking to somebody who's like i my my computer is not working what do i do on my hand so that is the that is how it was and it's funny i mean the whole call center journey was like i can write a yeah, yeah 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 so now tell me in 2013 uh, you and your friends you initiated a movement of stopping harassment uh, against women in local trains which was called war against railroad rowdies and i think yeah railway rowdies and you helped i think almost uh, catching some more uh, more than 150 uh, harassers 
and you helped the railway police how did that happen because that was a story that was covered in the newspaper also i know i know personally uh, i've heard the story from you but uh, let's share it with everybody on exactly how that project happened and how you actually used to do it standing on malad's railway station yeah so it 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 all began i was traveling to my workplace in govandi and that required changing my trains from bandra and uh, so i was seeing and i'm i am born and born up in mumbai and there's always a limitation that maryada that everybody should learn and respect uh hmm. is one thing but harassment is a whole new thing yes. and i don't agree True. to that kind of thing so i was walking i was i was in the train and i saw this bunch of boys who were who were like like hitting women with roses and flowers like you know i mean while technically if you see what's wrong with that but i'm outraging somebody's modesty yes you know unless i know that someone i can deal with that person that's fine but some women some lady standing on the platform it's not called for and then tried catching them but it didn't happen and then i went to the police and i told the cops that this is what happened my friend virat singh helped me meet this uh, senior police inspector of borivali saying that so we have to catch these guys and he was super excited and he's like devesh uh, we'll send a guy and then more of the reason we realized that more such groups are there who are doing this harassment of people not only other male passengers but a lot of female were being trafficked so that actually uh, in, in, you know uh, made me feel like you know we need to do something about this and it took me almost like 6 months to convince the railway police to conduct a drive and that was the time the war started and uh, i i got a spy camera because a lot of times people didn't uh, cops didn't believe that this guy must have harassed a girl so i had to show right. them <clears throat> because sometimes the way you dress up decides whether you're a bad person you know like a yeah so so anyway so i was doing that and uh, yeah we we did surveys and we did uh, a lot of uh, uh, such uh, initiatives within war send it to prime minister president and heads of police to take action against them and yeah i mean it's been almost 6 years 7 years now thanks to but that was, that was a great initiative that was a great initiative and i believe you actually went and invested in a a, a spy cam which was fitted into your sunglasses that's right? right that's right that's right i i think i mean i remember you telling me that that's right so so you know uh, yeah that time i used to work for an ad agency and um, i was getting like some 25000 rupees and that camera was like for 23000 So, but you did it see that's that's the that's i mean it requires a lot of uh, you know wanting to do good to be able to you know uh, spend the money uh, amount like that to do something you know and you, and it's a brilliant thing that you did because you did help uh, you know uh, probably it's it's in one way the police became aware also no and they believed you that this was happening and, and i think you helped a lot in that after, after four years the uh, railway protection force which is like the rpf and grp which manages the railways they also started putting cameras like on their in their pockets and they started patrolling with that so i was like yeah i hope they have at least finally so agreed see? i mean i don't need the credit but at least they agreed that you should use technology while you're working you know oh, especially uh, absolutely like, you know and women person absolutely absolutely and i remember that uh, even it was uh, i think there was a uh, even the mumbai blast that happened I think you yeah, just stepped out again. 2006. That was in 2006. That's where my 
this small organization called Youth for People started, and the right. primary objective there was to mobilize the young energy towards betterment. Uh, a lot of people want to do stuff, but they don't know how to go about it. So we are that platform where we help people pick up their cause. We don't work in one section per se, but anybody and everybody who needs help, and if we have that kind of resources and the willingness, we will not say no to people. So. Yeah, with that intention, we kept gliding. Like you know, there was no clarity. We never know. We don't know how to run a nonprofit. We don't know how to handle the accounts at times. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, when you work with honesty, integrity, and uh, uh, clarity, selflessness, I think that the universe also guides you in putting you in yes, places that. where you feel short. It provides help. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I know the place that you also were a part of uh, saving many girls from being trafficked. I mean, I remember that rescue operations that you uh, spoke to me about about girl, the girls, uh, you know, being trafficked. Yeah, you did a so bit of that also. I wouldn't take the name of the organization for uh, oh, my, for the security reasons, but yeah, I, I am working for a non-profit which uh, conducts raid and rescue of uh, girls who are trafficked uh, from different parts of India, and these girls are as young as 13, 14 year old. So it's a lot of covert work and. Uh, it requires a lot of interaction with the police and working against the criminal network which are benefiting from human trafficking uh, so so yeah I, that work has been happening from last two and a half years so i've conducted many raids and rescue and uh, yeah working on rehabilitation trying to see how we can make it hard to buy sex for people you know? i mean mm -hmm. not, most of these girls are trafficked. Yeah. they don't even know that they've been trafficked they don't even know what work they're doing. I mean, think about it. Like, how does someone who's been trafficked at the age of 13 who stays inside a brothel for uh, four years, five years, and you think by 18 she will have uh, so much clarity to choose prostitution as a profession? Out of all the profession in the world, she will choose to become, a, a, you know, like a slave. And somebody else is going to earn on our living. I mean, I don't believe in that. And we should not encourage that by even calling sex as a work. I, I disagree because yeah, okay. how can something... Yes. Yeah, it's not a work. Like, it's exploitation. I mean, you are, you are by yes. saying that you are making it normalizing and by giving them... I mean, yes, there are uh, people who need job, but job is not about being exploited. Uh, and that's where I feel the governments and the civil society should come forward and accept that there are things that we will not agree. There are communities within India which have culture of traffic or traffic and sell their daughters into prostitution. So there are Kanjar, Nut, uh, Bhachara in Madhya Pradesh. There are, there are like highways where they, they make their daughters sit on a cot and there are customers who come and like rape them. Really? Pay the money to their father and mother. Yeah. It is huge. It is huge. Like, and this is all this is after 70 years of our independence. Like, we are not even trying to talk about, like, what are we talking about? Like, India's constitution was written yeah, yeah. so many yeah. years back, and there was right to live, right to yeah. you know, education, right to survive. Like, I mean, this constitution gives us so much. But these girls don't get that. And I think that was the reason why I decided to work full time into the sector. And, uh, Hopefully, let's see.
how far I go. No, no, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure you will be able to help. So that brings me to that question. You know that uh, education. Uh, how how do you think education is looked at? in the urban and in the rural areas because when you talk about uh, if there is education this probably would not be maybe such a big issue for those particular cultures that you talked about or right. it could be but uh, it could be a part of their culture that is coming for years but education how do we get education to uh, rural areas you know or so and I, how would you compare yeah so I, honestly i i don't think i'm the best guy to give Any, no, but you've seen so much. You've seen so much. No, no, Deepesh. You have, in fact, what you do in uh, my next question to you is talk to ask you about youth for people, the uh, book donation that we do. Maybe you can uh, connect it yeah. all and tell me so, because I've been yeah. a part of it. I know. So no, like I feel I'm the, I, you know, in my mind, I feel that there is two kind of education. One is definitely the formal education, but the formal education. Okay. Uh, I, this is what my understanding is, and I'm not I'm not there yet. Okay, and I I don't think uh, I can claim that, but I think education is to make you an ideal citizen that can work and work towards betterment of the society and their own family okay. and their own and the country. You know that leads to the country. So if that education you're talking about, like somebody I know, like MBAs, I know uh, people who are like. Well educated on paper, but they act so illiterate on the road. So what yes. I'm talking about, like you know, so in my mind, I feel uh, a, a person who's literate on paper does not mean he or she is educated. As much as a person who's not True. literate on paper does not mean he or she is uh, uneducated. uneducated. So yeah, already. What I'm trying to make yeah. is that uh, one has to also understand that uh, what why are we doing a formal education? We are doing a formal education, so. Uh, we turn out to be an ideal citizen, citizen that helps the society, citizen that participates in bringing the society further, which eventually goes into nation building and uh, acceptance, diversity, and inclusion of our society and our country. Correct. And yeah, like I mean, if you talk about education and you go and spread hate against a community or a country or a religion or a caste, then I'm sorry, that is not the kind of education I would like to accept. But at the same time, I always encourage people to do education, to complete the education, which is a formal education, and understand the crux, crux of that education, yes. what it's trying yes. to say, and what it's meant to be. <coughs> I'm sorry. So, so yeah. So coming to the question of uh, we support uh, uh, fifty thousand children with notebooks every year in this right. uh, beautiful land called Mukhara and Chawar of Palgar district, and our primary objective is that. It's a very simple thing. I don't know. We should take so much credit for that, but you know, oh, no, you should. You should be paid. Years. I know. And it's incredible. There's a huge team behind. There's Poonam, Narayan, Nitin, Sheetal, Sunny. Uh, uh, you know, there are a lot of people who have been participating and in their own capacity yes. supporting this initiative, so that a child who is going to the school and if he doesn't have anything to write, then he's just going to sit and keep dreaming on. You know. Yes. So somebody needs to write. Like imagine the notebooks that we used. You know, we wrote letters. We we drew things at the back of it. We played X and Zero games. We played the dot games. There's so much we did with that notebook. And if, yes. if at all, if at all we don't uh, give them that right, ideally the government should be doing it, but because they can't. So yeah. we feel that uh, we should try and help these children ra rather than 
just letting them be there and most of these children are very talented they are very very talented they are uh, they are bright children just that they don't have the means so yeah the good thing is that from 7 years we've been giving notebooks and these notebooks have helped these children so much and evolve that they've started going attending schools which was rare at the time a few things to get to know you as a person better okay so if i say something i just want you to answer whatever uh, you uh, about yourself so if i say hobbies what are your yeah. hobbies so i i mean i like to uh, cycle down sorry there was a I like to I like to cycle like I I like to cycle down like you know I really like to cycle I like to play table tennis I am a I have just recently started learning to play ukulele so I like to play that I play come again come again Yeah like the play what ukulele it's a little instrument Yeah So I have been uh, playing with that and uh, and uh, yeah I like to Is it uh, is it there with Is it there no, with you just now? I'm not playing it. <laughs> It's not there, but yeah, I'm I'm a very immature and I'm learning, so I like to play that. Um, I'm I'm mm-hmm. fond of collecting music instruments. So if it's a unique okay. tribal instrument, then I will go and get it. So I have a morchang, I have a, a percussion instrument, I have a I have a ukulele, I have a kalimba, which is an African instrument, ukulele of course, which is an Hawaiian instrument, and uh, so yeah. That's so that's your hobby uh, collecting it so next, next it will be a one man uh, musical show right i hope not <laughs> nobody wants to listen to me <laughs> okay <laughs> okay what is your proudest achievement or the best part of your work what either of it either your achievement or what do you consider the best part of your work so uh, i have kept that as a very high benchmark so i've never reached there but uh, mm-hmm. but uh, but uh, you know recently i i was on the street and i met this one boy very young man from uh, uh, from uh, kashmir and he was cycling down to kashmir to see his ailing father his father was unwell and uh, i told him like don't even think about this this is initial days of lockdown with cops so like finding anybody on the road and bashing them up and i i took a video and i put it up on facebook and i shared it in the whole kashmir belt and the whole uh, crpf kashmir and jnk police they mm-hmm. they picked it up and a lot of journalists wrote about this and uh, after about 4 uh, to 5 days finally uh, the crpf airlifted him from varodhra he cycled down till varodhra wow and, uh, and yeah and he was united with his father that was like really really overwhelming and I felt nice the fact that you know because of this one little post of mine <laughs> and some phone calls to people uh, he eventually reached and met his father which was his wish so yeah that was my dream. what would be what would be something that was something really daring that you done daring which is scary also i mean uh, one of the most scary thing i did recently is with this boy called uh, surjit uh, mohanto and uh, okay take him to the hospital because we felt he had covid and i had to go inside a thani covid hospital without a pp kit <laughs> so it was the most craziest and the most scariest thing that i have i have probably done like there were like at least 35 covid patients confirmed all around me and there's a doctor sitting in front of me 
and this guy is right next to me and I am just there with a mask and a cap. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. How what? <laughs> nothing is going to happen to somebody who does so much good for others. Forget about that. You, I, nothing's going to happen. Are you in a rush to go? Are, are you in a rush to go, Dipesh? No, 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 no. Achha, no, okay. So what is the nicest thing somebody has done for you? Oh, wow. <laughs> nicest thing somebody has done for me. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are unbelievable friends, people who keep calling me, you know, who keep... Uh, checking on me and that is really really sweet of these friends um, I have friends who uh, really care for me and uh, they look after me in so, in, in so many ways so I think I would give credit to all those friends and people there <laughs> so who's your inspiration and what motivates you uh, my inspiration has been always and always have been um, uh, Mr. MK Gandhi and I have always looked up to him as a, as a man with, uh, with so much of uh, kindness and genuineness and peace in his heart. And I've always tried to be as much as I can to be like him. It's not possible. And I think we as a country are too small to understand someone like Mr. Gandhi. Like we, don't, we can't even come close to understand the kind of mindset that he had and what he wanted to achieve uh, through his thoughts. But... Uh, uh, yeah, so I always look up to him as an inspiration. And uh, of course, my mom, my Guru Maharaj, I always see him, them as my inspiration all the time. Yeah. And what is the one thing you want to change in society right now? One little thing, one little thing. You know, I, I want to change the fact that uh, wait, it'll be too it'll be, I think it'll become a controversy. <laughs> so what? It it may no. just start a movement. It may just start gonna, a movement. I'm going to try to one. No, no, Deepesh, you're an expert in starting movements. Let's start this one. <laughs> Let's start. Uh, no, okay. So, but I would really like to uh, change the way we see transgenders in our society. It's a shame that we don't look up to them with respect. I wish uh, we would have... A, law or a bill which would give at least 10% or 20% of transgenders job security or uh, some kind of support to them you know uh, they are also humans thanks Dipesh it's been a lovely conversation and um, it's always a pleasure to talk to you you know that and there's lots to learn from you always so stay safe and say uh, best always Dipesh and thank you very much for agreeing to be here thank bye you, thank you. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, how about joining me to tell your story? Join me, write to me, connect on hirametta13 at gmail.com and we shall talk. And until next time, Namaste.